Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. Amen. I want you uh, to uh, take your Bibles this morning and go uh, with me, please, to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. And... <clears throat> uh, Second Chronicles chapter 20, um, and I want to look at, at one verse, and I, I think I, I didn't go back and look, um, but I, I know that we refer to this, and I think I talked about specifically this story, uh, this passage of Scripture several weeks ago, uh, and we talked about the battle and how to fight the battle. And I'm not usually one to go back to, to scriptures that I've already used. I like to, to stay fresh as much as I can. But the Lord just really dealt with me about this, this passage again. And there's some things that I want to bring out today uh, that you might already know it uh, and... Uh, but I had never really focused on it the way I've focused on it uh, this past week. But I want to talk to you just briefly about back to basics. Everybody say back to basics. Back to basics. You know, sometimes uh, or we, we hear about uh, young men, young ladies leaving, going to join the military, and they go into what they call basic training. Uh, Sister Sherry knows all about that basic training, uh, and uh, I'm sure that others of you do, but they go into this that they call basic training. And basic training is not actual warfare. It is preparing those kids or individuals for a simu- they They give a simulation of what warfare is going to be, but it's not actual warfare. So it's basic training. They prepare them. They prepare them physically. They prepare them mentally. And and they prepare them to be able to go into battle. But nothing in basic training can really prepare them for actual battle. Just like going to a university or a college and getting a four-year degree for a specific area Uh, say, uh, the medical field or something like that. And even though you do an internship during that four years and you go and you have hands-on experience, when you get out of that four-year college and go into the actual field of what you majored in, you will discover that there are things that you're going to discover that you could never imagine during that four-year education time. And that's the way life is. We can prepare, we can go through things, and we can can learn things, and we can be taught things, but nothing ever prepares us for the actual events that life will bring our way. And so there are times in our lives that, uh, that, that we need to go back and review some basic things. Uh, because I think that sometimes we get so battle-weary, we get so misfocused and so distracted 
that we lose sight of basic things that God has given us that will in, empower us uh, to overcome and to uh, be victorious. And so that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. In first, uh, Second Chronicles, I might have said First Chronicles, but it's Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I want to go back to verse 20. I think I'd said this several months ago, several weeks ago, that this is how we overcome in 2020, 2 Chronicles 2020. And I think that's, that's uh, how I brought that out. Uh, but today we're talking about back to basics. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 20. They rose er early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. We honor you today in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you guys so much uh, for your patience and for standing and listen, I want you to know this is, this is challenging me, all right, uh, because I'm not used to being on the clock, all right? So it, it usually takes me about 10 minutes to get my Bible open. So uh, it's going to be a little bit different, and it's going to be challenging, but we will be successful. Amen. We're going we're gonna to make it. So in this story, uh, there are two things that I want to bring out this morning. That, that I believe are, are what I would call back to basics that are extremely important. And I'm going to tell you this, in the, in the next few weeks, Lord's willing that we can stay together, uh, I'm going to be sharing some things that are, going to be, that are going to be pretty direct, that are going to be pretty intense uh, about the, the time that we're in. And, and I, what I believe that God is calling us to do. So this, this message today, Back to Basics, is going to be a key uh, message to what we're going to be hearing in the next few weeks. Uh, so it's important. It's, it's going to be very basic and very elementary to many. But yet I think it's going to be a foundational word that we need to hear that we can build off of in the next few weeks. But in this passage of Scripture, the two things that I want to bring out this morning that I want us to, to really grab out of this uh, story of Jehoshaphat is that uh, we, we hear this story a lot and we talk about it a lot. And most of the time when we hear it, we hear it in the context of Jehoshaphat goes out uh, with the children of Israel. They're facing an enemy. They go out, and they've got the worship team in front, and, and God sets an ambush, and every, the enemy is, is wiped out, and, and everything is great. And that's the way that we hear it in, in that context. But I want to talk to you a little bit uh, in a different uh, context this morning. And the two things that I want to bring out to you today is, number one, the response to 
the word, the response to the word of God. All right? The second thing that I want to bring out to you is the responsibility of praise. So two things, if you're taking notes, is the response to the word and the responsibility of praise. Now in verse 1 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20 begins the uh, explanation of what's going on. It says the children of Moab and Ammon and, and the other Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And uh, there came some people to him saying, hey, this, this, this uh, army uh, are coming. They're on their way. They're coming. And, and fear set in. Uh, Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself uh, to begin to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout uh, the land. And so uh, that, that tells us uh, that the problem uh, has been identified. The enemy is on their way. They're coming, and their intention is to displace the, the children of Israel from their land, to displace them, to get them out of their inheritance and so uh, they're on their way. Uh, but here's the thing that we, most of us Christians, we always do, uh, is when we uh, identify a problem, we begin to pray. And so that's what Jehoshaphat and the people did. He proclaimed a fast. And so they began to pray. They engaged the enemy with prayer. They began to seek God. They came together. The Bible says that, that uh, the men and women, they came together as a, as a body, as a corporate body uh, to pray. And they began to pray and seek God. We, we see this same thing happen in Acts chapter 4 and uh, along about verse 23 with Peter and John. After the man at the gate beautiful was healed and, and um, they brought Peter and John before uh, uh, the council and, and began to... Uh, command them and tell them not to be doing that anymore and all that. And, but the Bible says that when Peter and John were released from that group of people, they immediately went to their own people and began to pray. There was a corporate prayer, and they began to pray. The, the break that, that, I, that God wants me to talk about this morning is between the prayer and the answer. Because so many times we pray, and, and listen, I believe that God hears every time we pray. I believe that God uh, listens, uh, and I believe emphatically the word that says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open. I believe that. I don't question that. I believe. I believe that when I get on my face and before, before God and begin to pray, I believe God hears me. Uh, he doesn't always answer me immediately, but sometimes there's a, there's a delayed answer. Sometimes there's a, God says, that's not what you need. I'm going to answer it this way. But God always hears when we pray. But the breakdown comes when the answer comes many times. 
or it, it comes between the prayer and the answer. The Bible says that uh, in verse 4 that they all gathered themselves together and they began to seek help of the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he prayed this prayer and he said, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And, and he prayed uh, a fervent prayer and, and, uh, and he went on down and uh, he said, Now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade. They've come now uh, to uh, destroy us. And uh, I want you to look at verse 11. Because in his prayer, he reveals the intention of the enemy. In verse 11, he says, Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. That's the same thing that we're dealing with in 2020 is the enemy wants to cast you out of your inheritance. There are two inheritances. There's one that we get right now when we accept Christ into our lives. It is called the gift of salvation. The enemy wants to rob you of that gift. He wants to rob you of the joy. Jesus and the Word of God talks about the joy of our salvation. And the enemy wants to rob us of the joy of our salvation. The second inheritance that you and I have laid up for us is our inheritance in heaven. And the enemy wants to rob you of being able to inherit the blessings of heaven. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I go uh, to prepare you a mansion, and where I'm going, there you will also be. If it were not so, he said, I would have told you that it wasn't so. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. So that is my second inheritance. And the enemy wants to do everything that he can to rob you of the joy of your salvation. He don't want you to walk around on this earth with joy in your life so he'll bring a pandemic he'll bring fear he'll bring anxiety and stress and and loss and all of those things to rob you of your joy but how many of you know that if you understand some basics about your relationship with God the enemy cannot rob you of your joy and one thing that he cannot do but he does it constantly is try to get you talked out of your inheritance in heaven. But the fact is that he cannot rob you of that inheritance either. He just tries to cause you to fear. He tries to cause you to worry about it. But listen, he cannot. So the Bible says that, that, uh, that Jehoshaphat identified the intentions of the enemy is to place us and get us out of our inheritance but here's the thing that was Jehoshaphat's prayer that was what he was praying and how many times do we pray prayers that are great prayers if I don't know about you excuse me but every once in a while I'll write down a prayer and I'll go back and read that prayer later on and I said man this is an awesome prayer. 
man, it sounded good. It had all the right words. It had all the right intentions and everything. It was an awesome prayer that I wrote down. And, and reading the prayer that Jehoshaphat prayed, it is an awesome prayer. But so many times we pray awesome prayers. We, we declare the word of God. We declare awesome scriptures and all of that. But somewhere in the middle of our praying and the answer, there's a break. And, and the break is this. And I want to I just go ahead and give it to you. Like I said, this is tough on me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to adjust to this 30-minute sermon. All right. The Bible says that they prayed, and when they prayed, God heard their prayer. Look at verse 14. The Bible says, Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of everybody, the Levite, the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Listen, Judah, all ye Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now catch this. The Bible says that in verse 14, that then, after they prayed, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, and he began to prophesy, or a prophetic word came forth. All right? A prophetic word came forth. The word of the Lord came forth. The word of God was spoken. The word came out of the mouth of a man, a human being that God spoke to and it came in here through the ear gate, through the mind gate and came out through the mouth gate. The word of God came upon Jehaziel and he spoke. After they had prayed, after they had asked God to move, God moved and a word came forth. I want you to, I'm, I'm staying on that because I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen. Remember what I said. There are two things and one of them is how we respond to the word of God. Listen, when Jehaziel spoke the word of God came forth. Isn't it amazing this morning that many of you are sitting there and in your lap is the, the, the word of God in written form. It is in written form, but it was breathed by the Spirit of God into the minds and, and ears of men of God, and they wrote it down. They wrote it down so that you and I could sit here this morning in 2020 and open the book and read the Word of God. Listen, but can I tell you something this morning? We can pray about all of our problems, and God is already speaking to us through his word. He is already delivering the, the, the uh, strategy and the way and the instructions that we can overcome through the word of God. But here's the deal. Listen, if we don't respond to, the, to what we hear, the, that, 
The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jehaziel spoke the word of God and God moved through that word. Now listen, not only did he speak the word of God and bring comfort to the people by saying don't be dismayed, don't be afraid, don't worry about this because this battle is not yours, but it's God's. How many times have we heard that? How many times have we said that? Lord, the battle belongs to you. God, this battle belongs to you. It's bigger than me. God, it belongs to you. Not only did, did he comfort the people with this word from God, but look at verse 16. In verse 16, he gives them three things, and I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to kind of uh, fly over it. Uh, he gives them three things. He says, look, you're not going to have to fight in this battle. In other words, you're not going to have to use your weapon, your sword or spear in this battle. And so he gives them three things that they are required to do in order to deal with this enemy. The first thing he said is, is I want you to set yourself. I want you to set yourself. In other words, I want you to stand firm. And, and this statement can be taken in two ways. It can be a physical stand where you make a stand, you plant your feet on a piece of ground, and you refuse to move. And the second part of it, it can be a, a, a spiritual stand where you set something in your mind, in your spirit, and you refuse to move off of it. So Jehaziel said the first thing that you need to do is you need to set yourself. You need to make a stand. You need to quit wavering. Quit going back and forth. Set yourself. The second thing that he said, uh, you need to stand still. Stand still. In other words, what he was saying there is hold that position. When you set yourself, hold that position. The third thing is that you will see the salvation of the Lord. You will see the salvation of the Lord. So he comforts them and then he gives them instruction on how to abide by and how to go by the word that they have just heard. Oh, boy, this is pretty good stuff. I wish I had about another 30 minutes to, to, uh, to uh, talk about that. He gives them instructions on how to apply what they have just heard. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. The battle is not yours. You're not going to have to fight. You're not going to have to draw your weapon. Uh, the battle is the Lord's. But how do, I, how do I apply that, Lord? Well, first thing you need to do is you need to set yourself. In other words, you need to assume a set stance. Second thing you need to do, you just need to stand still. Quit fidgeting around. Quit worrying and quit doubting. Quit trying to figure it out. You've already given it to God, so quit trying to figure it out. You already prayed about it. Did God, did God answer? Then stand 
steal and open your eyes and see the salvation of the Lord. So it's this next part of this story that God began to deal with me about something that, that I had never seen. And I want to share it with you today. And I know that it's going to be this, this dynamic, powerful revelation. It's going to be so strong that you're going to go outside and not even get in your car. You're just going to be worshiping in the parking lot because it's such a powerful revelation. Speaking that, all right. All right, listen. I told you the first thing that I believe that God is wanting us to understand is the response to His Word. How do you respond to the Word of God? Do you take His Word for what it says? Do you believe His Word will accomplish what it said it would accomplish? The Bible says in Psalm 119 and uh, verse 89 that, God, your word is forever settled in heaven. It's, it's forever settled in heaven. First Peter chapter 1 uh, and verse 23 uh, talks about that we uh, have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. So the word of God is the seed that's been planted in us that produced the born again experience. The word of God is Jesus himself lives inside of us and he said for all flesh is grass the glory of man is the flower of grass and he said the grass withers the flower thereof falls away he said but the word of the lord endures forever the word of god endures forever so guys we either as christians have got to accept that and live by it, or we're going to be wishy-washy, we're going to be blown about with all the mess that's going on in our world. And the second thing is the responsibility of praise. The responsibility of praise. And I'm going to tell you, this is the early morning crowd, and, and so some of you might be kind of half asleep, so this might not dawn on you till later on today, and you might get mad about it. You say, well, I just wish I... You know, but you were asleep this morning and it didn't hit you about really what I'm saying. But I want to tell you something this morning, and I'm not judging and I'm not condemning anybody, but listen, don't come tell me, well, Pastor, I just can't praise like that because that's just not my nature. You know, that's just not the way I was brought up. Listen, we have, especially in this hour that we're living in, we have a responsibility to praise. And, and I want to I show you this. The Bible says this, and I'm going to move real fast. The Bible says this, that, that when God, uh, when Jehoshaphat received that word, uh, that, that he gathered all the people, and they rose early in the morning, and they went forth into the wilderness. They were, they were applying or they were enacting the word and the instructions that they had been given. They were, they were in obedience to what God was saying. 
and, and they went down uh, and they followed those instructions and then uh, that we read in verse 20 where Jeremiah uh, Jehoshaphat said, believe in the Lord uh, and uh, the Lord your God and you will be established, believe his prophets and you will prosper. And the Bible says, I want you to notice something in verse 21, that as they were going down, undoubtedly Jehoshaphat stopped. He just stopped, stopped the whole, whole uh, multitude of the people. And, and he said uh, that he consulted with the people. In other words, he talked with the people about what he was fixing to do. And the Bible says that he consulted with the people and he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Now, uh, real quickly, I want to show you something there. Nowhere in this discourse, nowhere in this passage, nowhere in the word that God spoke to the children of Israel through the prophet Jehoshaphat, nowhere in that discourse do you see where God specifically said, I want you to appoint singers and put them out before the army. God never commanded that. He never, he never looked at Jehoshaphat in this passage of Scripture and said, I want praisers out in front of that army. All he said was, don't fear, don't be dismayed. The battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. But nowhere did God say, I want you to put the worship team out before the army. Here's the deal, guys. We have a responsibility to recognize the word of God for what it is. And when we recognize the word of God for what it is, that should produce a praise and worship out of us. God will never... God will never demand your praise. He will never come and say, either you praise me or I'm going to slap you down on the ground. The only one that will demand our worship is the Antichrist or Satan. Satan is always demanding, worship me, worship me. The Antichrist is always going to be, worship me. I want your worship. I want to take your worship away from God. But God never demands the praise and worship of his people. And the reason reason is that praise is my statement of faith that I believe in what I have heard. Oh my goodness. I, I wish you could see what I'm talking about. Praise is my statement that says I've heard a word from God. I've heard a message a prophet has spoken and, and when I praise then my praise is my saying God I believe what I've heard. I don't care what anybody else says now. I don't care what I'm seeing with my eyes and I don't care what everybody else is talking about because I have heard the finality. I've heard all I need to hear. I've heard the word of God and my praise is my adoration or my declaration that I believe that word. Mm. I believe that we miss that little tidbit in this story so many times. That we think that, that praise was just automatic, but it was not automatic. It is intentional. 
Je- Jehoshaphat, I believe, I believe he was on his way to the battle and he was rejoicing in all that God had said and all that God was going to do. And he stopped right in the midstream and said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, we can't just walk down here uh, with our mouths closed and we can't just walk down here like nothing's happened. We got to have some praise. We've heard a word from God. God has said this battle is not mine. My goodness, I can't help but just worship a little bit because I've heard a word from God and God said everything's going to be all right. God said the enemy will not prosper. God said the weapons of warfare that are set against Against me will not prosper. So I've got to worship a little bit. I know it might go against the grain of your way or something like that, but I can't help it because I just got to worship. You see, and I'm going to leave you with this. Because if I keep on, I'm going to strip a gear and I won't have voice to preach the second service. But I want to leave you with this. The Lord spoke to me the other day about this passage of Scripture. And he said this to me. He reminded me of the prayer of Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel, the people of Jerusalem. And how they prayed. And how when they heard the word of God, they, they bowed down before God. And the Bible says that, that the people even stood up and with loud, strong voices, they began to worship God. This was before the battle. This was because they had just heard the word of God. And they just began to worship with a loud, strong voice. They began to worship God. And then, as they, as they were going into the battle, they were worshiping God. And then, as a result of the battle being won, they worshiped God again. This is what the Lord spoke to me about. And I want to give it to you this morning. The Lord said to my spirit, He said, you see all the stuff that's going on. And he said, you see all the mess and all the the lawlessness and all these things that are happening. And he said, many people are worried and many people are fearful and many people are stressed out and all of that. He said, but I want you to tell the church this. If they will understand when they read my word... If they will praise me because of what they just read or what they just heard. He said, if you will praise me pre-battle, it will always cause you to have a praise mid-battle. And he said, if you've got a pre-battle praise and a mid-battle praise, he said, at the post-battle, he said, you will always have a worship because praise will bring my presence. He said, I inhabit, Psalm 22 says, I inhabit the praises of my people. So I leave you with this, praising pre-battle, praising mid-battle, and you'll always have a praise post-battle.
Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I want you just to lift your, your hands this morning if you can. Lift your hearts to God this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, you, you alone, O oh God, are worthy. You alone, O oh God, are worthy of all of our honor and all of our praise. We magnify you this morning, God, and we give you praise and worship and glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this house this morning, every individual that's here today, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now that you're touching them, you're moving on their behalf, you're strengthening, you're encouraging, you're counseling out doubt, you're rebuking the spirit of fear over their lives. And Father, that the blessing, God, I thank you today that we rejoice in the word that we've heard. And so, God, this morning, as we walk out of here and find ourselves in the middle of a battle next week we're going to rejoice there because we thank you today that we are victorious and at the end of the day when the weapons of warfare have been beaten into plowshares and all of that we're going to rejoice because you are victorious and we are victorious in you father in the name of jesus father we bless you we worship you we exalt you tonight today in the mighty name of jesus Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you today, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. We praise you today, Father. Lord, with our mouths, with our lips, with our voices, we worship you today in the name of Jesus. We will not neglect, Father, to lift our hands and our hearts to you in adoration of who you are, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen. Come on and give Jesus some praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now listen, we're going to be received. The ushers are going to be standing at the door uh, as you go out. But uh, I want to pray a blessing over you before you go. Uh, and... Uh, kind of weird. You can go home and eat breakfast now. All right. <laughs> so, but I want to pray a blessing over you before you go, and uh, you can drop your tithe and offering if you have it uh, as you go out. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your grace. We thank you this morning for the opportunity to come together and worship you. Thank you for the open doors of this sanctuary. Thank you today, Father, that not one individual came in here this morning that will walk out sick. Father, I thank you this morning, God, that every germ, every infection has been rebuked and is dying and is dead in Jesus' name. I bless your people this morning. I bless them mind, body, and spirit. I thank you today, God, for your favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you guys so much. If you got any suggestions or anything, feel free to email me or just uh, shoot me an email and tell me how much you love me or something like that. We'll accept both of them, okay? God bless you.